0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a run.
1: Hello, he welcome back to Road of his Overtime on Road of his Radio. This is a special edition of the podcast. We are uh, having our listener leagues over the last couple of weeks, and on today's show, we are drafting in the best ball tournament over at the FFPC, the $125 contest with $100,000 top and we're going against the RVOT listeners, Sean and uh, we're ready here we're in the draft room and this is a special one I'm very excited about this draft Uh, I'll be getting to know the listeners over these drafts and that and uh, I've actually cracked open a bottle of Tito's here so we're gonna we're gonna have a good draft here Sean looking forward to it but we did draw the 103 spot Sean how excited Firstly, are you to draft against the listeners and what are we hoping to achieve here at the 103
2: well, this, this should be a lot of fun. We've got three listener leagues currently going that are in different stages of completion. And they've been interesting. They, they've been a lot of fun and not surprisingly, they have been extremely wide receiver heavy. We have had one skeptic who uh, may have selected the wrong group, but for him, it also works out well because he's been able to get some running back values and Overall, this presents a different puzzle for us because a lot of the ADP that we can count on is going to be turned on its head. Receivers are going to go earlier. Running backs are going to go later. Some potential league-winning running backs are going to go very late. And so, number one, we have to look at, you know, what do you need to do to counteract how I think sharp this room is going to be, but also just how different the room is going to be. Are there going to be some exploitable areas where we have to move off of some of the things that we normally do, right? Because one of the things we talk about with zero running back is that you're using it as a weapon, right? You're not using it as a dogma or something to limit you. And so if you have a good opportunity arise, maybe you have some running backs that you really want to draft and haven't been able to in most leagues, this would be a chance to come back and get some of those guys potentially. So we're trying to win the hundred thousand dollars. We're trying to do well against the listeners. Obviously you want to hold your own with that group. And then we're also trying to figure out what will maximize the chances to get through that week 14, week 15, week 16, week 17 slate. And that element of it makes it a little bit different than the other three listener leagues which are of the $35 Slim variety and just a 17-week schedule where you have to come out in total points.
1: Yeah, so this is going to be fun. So we're just a minute away from hitting the clock, Sean, I will – uh say in a moment i'll tell you a little bit of a story about the uh the heavy rb drafter in that league that you you mentioned there may be uh, a reason behind <laughs> those selections that i find out via email so we might touch on that in uh in a couple of minutes but we are the 103 uh i did have a, a message here in the chat already that uh, it seems to be uh, i think it's gonna be pretty much locked us mccaffrey from that uh selector but then we obviously have the options maybe Dalvin Cook or Travis Kelsey. My question for you here is Is the hope that Travis Kelsey is there, and is the second question I'm going to have for you, if he's gone, is Darren Waller going to be the pick at the 103?
2: I've been kind of going back and forth on this, right? Because I think in most situations, Waller probably is the 103. In this particular draft where wide receivers are going to be so difficult to get, I am tempted to consider Travis uh, I am tempted to consider Tyreek Hill, Stefan Diggs, Devontae Adams. We know that coming back through at the 2-3, we're probably not going to get two guys, right? We're probably only going to be able to get one based on these other drafts. And when I say one, we have this big sort of tear break after, after Terry McLaurin. And you know, if you're wanting to get sort of two foundation pieces, and usually we talk about being at the top, being you know in that first you know, three or four picks, that you have a ton of advantage because you come back through and you get early pick in the third, early pick in the fifth. That may not be quite as valuable today based on the room. So we have the draft start. Not surprisingly, Christian McCaffrey, Travis Kelsey, first two picks. Colin, we've got 40 seconds here. What are your thoughts on Dalvin Cook versus Darren Waller versus those three wide receivers?
1: I think I would lean uh, Waller or the wide receivers over Cook. Um, pr- probably would lean towards Waller based on how our teams probably look without that tight end at the start and maybe pushing it through those middle rounds. So, I would be leaning Waller unless you you want to make the pitch for the likes of Heller Adams. But I'm happy to go Waller here.
2: Well, we know that you end up wasting a selection, not wasting, but you're going to have to select tight ends with a lot less upside or at least a lot less safety a lot less projectability in terms of clear-cut scenarios to get to that upside and you're going to have to take them when there are other interesting players still on the board if you're going to take a Hawkinson the opportunity cost there is still significant same thing for Andrews even as you start to drop down the board a little bit and you're talking about Fant you're talking about Irv Smith those guys still come at a cost so we might as well pay up here get the star get Waller the person who could end up you know, outscoring the number three tight end by double and then figuring out how we want to play off of that the rest of the way.
1: Yeah, and I think something you mentioned there to take into consideration. It mightn't play out like that, but the listener leagues, they're obviously listening into the show. They're probably going to be targeting those wide receivers. So another part of that thought process, and this did happen to us when we had the 101 in one of the listener leagues as we took christian mccaffrey but usually when we get back in that second third pick at the 101 you have your selection of those kind of young wide receivers but well, what happened to us when i got back to the or sorry the the 212 when i got back to us there we went uh clyde edwards lair because there wasn't any of those guys left um so they that was uh, another part of my selection there of of not going for the running back sean just in the room uh, there has been a question uh, in the chat and it is if a robust running back team in this draft wins the contest do we just pretend it didn't happen
2: well no you, you don't pretend it didn't happen you, you have to take the hit on that i'll be interested to see what happens here one of the things that you have to concern yourself with if you're going to be a robust running back draft you're going to get a lot of value early but then you're going to be stuck a little bit later Right, because you're going to have a lot of trouble getting the wide receiver firepower you need, and when you come back with more running backs, you're going to you're going to have this temptation to keep drafting these guys who seem like values, and you stock your team with that downside. You put yourself in a position where positional balance becomes very difficult. One of the things that you and I have seen is that our drafts in these first two listener leagues, the ones that are a little closer to sort of full fruition, there our teams are much more running back heavy than they would normally be, and there are some values that we've gotten and I like the teams that we've drafted. And if there is a clear value at running back, you're not just going to ignore that clear value, but positional balance becomes a big issue toward the end of the draft where you're trying to figure out where those wide receiver points are going to come from. So it'll be interesting to see how this goes. If there's a league where it could work for you, perhaps this is the league since you're going to get even better running back value than usual. At the same time, there are some big hurdles you have to overcome in the middle and at the end of the draft
1: yeah so it's going to be interesting here as we play around and um, we're at the back end of the first round now first round is uh, going you know wide receiver heavy i guess as we would probably expect so we have christian mccaffrey travis kelsey darren waller dalvin cook Devontae adams kamara kittle hell Diggs, ridley derrick henry at the 211 so they are the 111 but the interesting thing that has happened in these leagues is the running backs start to drop so much that they become very very Hard to pass up, so I'm going to be interesting to see how it plays out here. And the as Sean mentioned earlier, the targets we might expect at the back end of the second round or the early third are likely to be very different here. Is there any real point, Sean, us saying who we hope is going to be there when it gets to that point? Uh, because as we've seen in those other drafts, it hasn't been the case. Or, or should we talk through some of that selection process?
2: Well, I think based on what's happened in some of their drafts, were Sort of desperately hoping that at least one elite wide receiver is going to get back. Maybe a C.D. Lamb gets back. Uh, you're probably a little bit higher on mclaurin than I am, but if he gets back, that's not a bad consolation prize. I could see it that if it does go wide receiver heavy enough, that we end up even coming back with two running back selections at the two-three. That's that's not the way I would prefer to do it, but I don't want to force chasing wide receiver value if we're dropping down a tier and dropping down a tier that I think is a a pretty big break in terms of where these guys fit on my board
1: yeah what I think could be interesting here depending on how it plays out now um you know the likes of Edwards Alaire might be there you know in that late second round well they probably will be there in the late second or it might even be there in that early third round so it might be a case then that we look to uh you know get one wide receiver one running back um I think it's going to be very, very interesting to see how it plays out. You start to see things get pushed up a little bit in terms of the three tight ends going in the first round, see if they move up further. But what's interesting actually at the back end of this first round, and I think this is where it becomes very tempting, is the team picking out of the 11th spot and the 12th spot have both started running back, running back. And that's Derek Henry and Ezekiel Elliott for Team 11, and Jonathan Taylor and Saquon Barkley for Team 12. Now, team 12 obviously uh, taylor will be on the bye week in week 14 in this format but there won't be a lot of teams i don't think that start off with a Derek henry ezekiel elliott start so there is that temptation as well sean how do you feel about if we were in that selection there um with the likes of henry and elliott i know they're not the guys that we're targeting in general but the opportunity of both of them on the one roster there
2: well I really like the Taylor-Barkley duo and have a number of those myself from drafts that are similar to this where those guys have fallen for a variety of reasons. They maybe make a little bit better combo in managed leagues than in best ball because they each have some issues that have pushed them kind of into that range. At the same time, the upside there is immense. I don't think that the Henry-Elliott pairing has that same upside. And I think that the downside is not as clearly things like buys and injuries and teammate injuries it's more age and profile and so henry elliott's not necessarily the way that i would want to start but i don't think that you can really quibble with the value at that point so it'll be interesting to see how those guys play out henry still looks very very good it's a problem obviously that he has to be sort of at his ceiling to make much of a difference and then elliott Definitely uh, appeared to be in the decline phase last year, but maybe he can turn that around, right? Maybe he is healthier. Maybe the Cowboys' offense is more explosive. Maybe he gets better blocking again. One of the things with Elliott is he's got this uh, reputation as an elite back, but so much of that has been tied to him having a lot of blocked yardage throughout his career. If he goes back to having a lot of blocked yardage, then he will look better again. And if he doesn't, then it's going to be a little bit of a tough road for him. So, after those guys, call them exactly as we expected and exactly as we had feared. It's A.J. Brown, <laughs> C.D. Lamb, Justin Jefferson, and D.K. Metcalf.
1: Yeah, so we're uh, we're three full picks away from our selection, and then it'll be our selection. But, yeah, those are the guys that you're hoping that are there, and then DeAndre Hopkins has gone next. They're the guys you're hoping that are going to be there when we get to the back end of that second round and even the early third round, like C.D. Lamb, C.D. Um, Lamb, went at the 204 in this and um I, i'm not surprised sean by our listeners making that selection uh, at that point based on uh, how much you've talked about lamb this offseason and how much we're really all on board that second year breakout occurring so we will have an option here on the next pick to either go keenan allen or McLaurin, but we do have some running back options in the likes of chubb uh gibson harris edwards or there they're probably the ones that we'll be targeting with having the four running back options and I I think Al Eckler, sorry, is still there as well. I think there's a possibility that all of those guys or at least some of them come back to us, obviously. So I would probably lean here towards taking Keenan Allen and then hoping to get either Gibson or edwards lair in that next pick. How do you feel about that?
2: I think this is an opportunity that we're not going to get in other drafts to go a little bit more running back heavy and maybe put together a build that is very unusual within this tournament, gives us a path to $100,000 in a way that isn't open to other drafters. And so my push here, I think, actually is to go running back, running back with these next two selections, and then wide receiver heavy after that, see what happens. Do you have a preference for Eckler or Antonio Gibson? Obviously, Eckler could have the 300-point season. Gibson could be a guy who has the big breakout and a very trendy player at this point.
1: Well, we have 10 seconds left. I think I'm going to go for Eckler unless you're strongly going to pose Gibson. Then we can talk them after.
2: Okay, so we've selected Austin Eckler there. Colin, I just wrote an article on the site talking about how Eckler uh, doesn't have the upside to match his ADP, that there are these three guys that you can draft who will give you his production much later. At the same time, you could see within what this Chargers offense is going to do, that the 300-point season that he had in 2019 maybe is even just the starting point for what happens going forward. Obviously, I didn't convince you with that article, or is this simply that it's a very different story at the 210 to where, I mean, we've seen Eckler go fourth overall.
1: Yeah, that, that's exactly what it was. Is I, I haven't seen him go at this point. You made the case of you know teams uh, aren't going to have this opportunity and i think now there's two picks to go before us but i think if we can tie it up with edwards allaire here it would be a pretty uh, unique start i just feel that where he's going at the moment is going to be very hard for him to reach that but if you're getting him almost full round basically you know a lot of the time i see him going in that 11 12 range at the back end of the first round we're getting him at the back end of the second round uh, i'll be honest that's the first share of this offseason and uh, best ball that i have got of austin Eckler. But I just think at that point it was kind of staring me in the face that I think he was the right selection. The other thing was it might now come back to haunt me, but I thought there was no chance that edwards Lair would make it, uh, or sorry, that Eckler would make it back to us. But I do think with one pick to go here, there's a chance that edwards Lair might be there. So that was another part of that selection. I know you mentioned the debate between Gibson and uh, Eckler. I, I like both guys in terms of what they can do in the NFL. Um, Probably more likely to go Gibson based on his usually second round ADP. But um in that situation I just felt that Eckler was too much to turn down based on his normal ADP.
0: Hey everybody, this is Dave Cabin from the Rotoviz flagship podcast, just stopping by to say thank you for listening to Rotoviz Radio. We're offering our listeners a special 10% discount when they use the promo code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. Again, that's 10% off a one-year subscription when you use the promo code RVRADIO2021. Thanks for listening and keep on tuning in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: So Antonio Gibson does not come back. I thought he would be an interesting player to select at that level. But, Colin, I might be still a little bit higher on Edward Zolaire and a little bit higher on DeAndre Swift. Swift goes later we're not necessarily looking and we've had the question right off the bat about what happens if a robust running back build wins the league. We're not necessarily looking or in any way, shape or form looking to go tight end and then running back, running back, running back. But if Swift were to fall to us in the fourth, I would have a hard time passing there just again, because it would be very unique. Now Swift actually does go, <laughs> yeah, he goes one pick before our selection there. So, I don't know if it's the article that I wrote yesterday saying that DeAndre Swift was going to be the number four overall pick in the 2022 drafts or simply that we have another very sharp, uh, listener slash reader. And, and obviously we do. Uh, but Swift is gone. Edwards O'Leary is still here. Nick Chubb is here. Najee Harris is here. The top wide receiver is Allen Robinson, who I'm not on. We haven't talked about it a lot. Robert Woods is next another guy. I'm not really on, uh, dj Moore would be more interesting but at this range where are you with those couple of guys
1: i think that edwards allow for me is the the pick i think he has the highest upside of those guys based on um the, the role that he's going to be in i also think that and i know look it's early in the draft and it's not something to overly be concerned about but if we we're going to take two running backs and invest that high capital um the Steelers there's a lot of teams obviously with a week seven by but it, I'd be reluctant to have two of the top three picks out at that point especially when they're gonna be running backs Um, with week seven buys like uh, Harris has with the Steelers um, I think that's very interesting though how things have really kicked off there and there's gonna be some very unique bills um, for example for the people listening in the first team has gone kind of as we would expect with uh, McCaffrey and then two wide receivers but you know in a lot of drafts you're gonna have the opportunity to get D.K. Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson, you know, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb, and that kind of range. Uh, it is Keenan Allen, T. Higgins. So T. Higgins, somebody who we love going in this here draft, you know, probably a full round and a half pretty close to the head of ADP. But uh, Team 2 and ourselves, Sean, have started tight end, running back, running back. Um, and then we have one team that has uh, Dalvin Cook, Terry McLaurin, T.J. Hawkinson. We also have Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Najee Harris alvin kamara and deandre hopkins and then they've taken kyle Pitts. so i think sometimes like you see obviously when there's three tight ends going in that first round you start to see those tight ends then move up and i think us taking waller with that third pick gives you the freedom to make those kind of decisions then in the third round to take edwards Lair rather than taking dalvin cook and at that point like i think if we reverse it and we take cook there we would have pushed ourselves to take hawkinson and i think i like the way the team sets up better from, from this perspective with Waller as the, the the lead tight end but um it is going to be it's going to be very unique to see how these teams line up or we're, we're going to see but I I think it is going to be that way that you mentioned other drafts aren't going to have that ability to have you know Waller Echler, Waller Eckler and Edward Alaire so let's see how we we move on from there the problem that we have column as as we've already discussed is that
2: we are going to have a lot of trouble coming back around and doing the wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver type of approach from this point that will often work in drafts. If you start with the kind of start that we've had, because our drafters are going to continue to wipe out this wide receiver value. So we'll be playing a little bit from behind. But it, again, I like the way that that puts pressure on you to think outside the box, to play a little bit differently than you do in your normal drafts. And it allows us to look at the different challenges and really evaluate this claim that we make that wide receiver number one is not necessarily that deep and that number two, if the rest of the drafters play the draft properly, then this idea that you can make up the ground at wide receiver later, whether or not that's actually true. And we've suggested that it's not if people play the draft successfully so we're going to be under pressure the entire way now to have the wider sphere of firepower we need but it's going to be a lot of fun to navigate that at the same time
1: exactly um, the I, I did tease it at the start as well i can't find the exact email to find the exact person drafting in this league along with us that did have that heavy running back start but um i will try and dig it up for for one of the future shows but we did have a, a situation where it was a very heavy running back start was done through uh, auto-draft, and it was that um, when he said that he was interested in the league, uh, he was in a position to make the draft, and then when we set up the drafts because they happened so quick, he was on his way back from deployment overseas. So uh, he did have a full-fledged excuse, Sean, for that heavy running back start.
2: (laughs) Yes, that was was actually a separate issue there, and we obviously apologize and, and feel bad for that, uh, hopefully, we'll be able to draft with him again, and definitely. Well, he
1: has got a spot in this draft, so he's going. He's going with us here today.
2: Awesome, awesome, and certainly appreciate uh, his service and the things that he is doing. From that perspective, uh, I've had a chance to draft for some military service members in drafts where they weren't going to be able to make the draft because of things that they were doing, and that was a a good experience as well, and, and appreciate. Those guys, he's come back nicely in that draft after the auto picks at the beginning. Colin, we also had a drafter in that league who was criticizing all of the selections as being too wide or super <laughs> heavy. We were wondering kind of how he got into the league or if he was just having fun with the rest of us. But again, we don't mind the discussion, don't mind the criticism. One of the great things about fantasy football is that you can play it different ways and you can have different opinions. So we'll see in the end who ends up benefiting from uh the picks that were made. In the end, it all comes out in the scoring. So, Colin, we're starting to wrap back through here. The picks after we selected Clyde Edwards or were TJ Hawkinson, a good pick for a Cook McLaurin Hawkinson start, Najee Harris, Kyle Pitts, DJ Moore. Obviously, Moore was not going to come back around, but that's a interesting start, dynamic start out of the seven-hole with George Kittle in the first, DK Metcalf in the second, DJ Moore in the third. Really love that one. Nick Chubb at the 308. That's a lot later than you're going to ever see him, and yet still I would have been tempted to pass there. Myself, we have Jamar Chase, Brandon Ayuk at the 310, Joe Mixon at the 311, Allen Robinson, Mark Andrews. So drafting out of the 12, which we know is a challenge, we have a team with a Taylor Barkley, Allen Robinson, Mark Andrews start. Definitely can't criticize that. That's going to be a unique and potentially dynamic build. And then in some ways validating perhaps The choice that we made at number three overall, even though it has put us now in this bind at the wide receiver position, Noah Fant comes off at the 403, really emphasizing just the pressure every team is under to get those tight ends who have the upside to number one, win your league, and then number two, to potentially put you in the mix to win $100,000
1: yeah there's some very uh unique things here happening so far and uh, you know obviously i know you like logan thomas and he's often a, a target for us in these drafts but I, I would be hoping he comes off the board here in uh, one of these next picks before us just to give us some more value but i think we are going to have uh, an option sean uh potentially at two wide receivers um you know at this point i think you know there is a guy who's going to be there like i would expect robert woods mike evans and um, tyler lockett to be there in that range julio jones um Are we looking at any of those veteran guys, or are we starting to look into that tier with the likes of a a Claypool, Judy, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster? Are we we starting to look ahead? I think we can probably get one of those veteran guys and then probably get one of those younger guys then in the, the next round.
2: Well, Colin, let me ask you about Robert Woods. We haven't talked a lot about these Rams wide receivers, and that's probably a good discussion to have with Matthew Stafford going there. I think it's interesting because you, you also get some enthusiasm for Tyler Higby. They have the interesting or I think very intriguing rookie tight end and Jacob Harris. They have Deshaun Jackson offering a deep threat, uh, but those possession receivers are still going very high. Now, not surprisingly, Woods does go off the board right before our pick. So we can save that discussion for the turn the player. I really wanted was Mike Evans. He gets within one spot. Of our picks. So now I feel like we have again something of a big fall here to the Chase Claypool, Jerry Judy area of the board. Uh, Colin, I,
1: I would probably I would probably pitch ahead to, to Julio, but let me know who you were going to ask me. About. Well,
2: I was going to ask you about about J.K. Dobbins here because that would okay. give us another running back. But
1: I mean, I think we need that wide receiver.
2: <laughs> it, so. So you're looking at at Julio, All right.
1: Yeah. So yeah, it's either Julio or Dobbins with five seconds okay, to go. The
2: so we'll we'll draft Julio Jones.
1: Which they've put us in a bind, Sean. The listeners have uh, cracked us up. Uh, we 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 often talk after these shows about the pressure of uh, recording a podcast while uh, doing a draft, and uh, it can be pressure there trying to make those selections. But I do like Julio, and uh, I know Ben's talked about the projections for the titans and i think that it's gonna be quite concentrated between him uh him and AJ brown and i do think that like i think people are forgetting that julio was very efficient when on the field last year so i still think there's something left in, in those legs and to be honest i like mike evans but i would probably still be tempted in that situation to to go with julio there um i know you asked about dobbins you asked about woods uh, i really do like uh woods i've always well not i won't say always i've been a fan since uh <laughs> since he went to the rams more so than anything uh, and i think that offense is going to be quite good again uh this year between him and cup but my thing is that usually in these drafts there's a lot of guys going in that range he's going in that kind of normally cd lamb kind of range um there's a lot of guys in there that i tend to go for over him so it's just a preference but i, I think he's i think he's in a nice spot there so we have rolled back around Sean we are on the clock a minute to go and um, who are we looking at here?
2: So Judy and Adam Thielen go in the gap as do Darrell Henderson and Travis Etienne. Etienne one of those guys we also really like may have more upside than Dobbins. I think that Dobbins basically is going to give Derek Henry production this season so without the receiving value he falls into this range, but I just think he scores too many points and he gives, and again, gives us something of a unique build. I would lean that way. I think that these receivers here in terms of the Pittsburgh guys, uh, Tyler Boyd, LaVisca, Chenault, Debo, Samuel, they're really less exciting. And so I guess I would suggest that we do the running back pick and, and see what happens later.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I was very, very tempted to agree with you on that last pick when I mentioned to go Julio. So when he comes back around, I think we have have to do that. And this is where it gets challenging. Is like we obviously have a process, and I think this is where it gets mistaken. Sometimes, you know, I'll post a team on Twitter because obviously Sean's not there, but Sean uh, and this here also. There's a great one of the teams is called Sean's Twitter. So uh, that, I thought that was interesting as well. But in terms of the feedback, sometimes would be you have a process and you stick to it, and I think like. it it shows every time that it is a process, but we're not just going to go bullheaded and just take wide receivers. So at that particular point, I think we're probably stretching around and a half. We're nearly getting around and a half value on Dobbins. Whereas if we jump ahead to take one of the guys that we were talking about there, like a Schuster, like a Boyd and look, I probably love you more than anybody else that's going (laughs) to be talking about him. I think we're, we're starting to really just stretch ourselves a bit to get those picks. So I don't mind the reach, but I think in that case, I don't know about you, Sean. It would have felt like we were really pushing hard to try and make a case to draft those guys at that point when Dobbins was on the board.
2: Yeah, and so now I think the question is, will any of these guys get back? And I think the answer is probably no. And so we have to figure out how we're going to approach this. And so we have some players like a Devontae Smith who has some red flags. He's injured right now. He's a rookie. He has an offense and a quarterback that's not necessarily that well-established and he's got a week 14 bye. So there are some reasons why he's not a great selection but might fall a little bit. We have to consider how early is too early for someone like Mike Williams, who is in this fantastic situation. Discussed him in a recent article as a potential 5th year breakout guy, and yet you read about what's happening at Chargers practices, and the beat writers are getting like, Mike Williams just is not that good. So (laughs) there are some things happening there where people watching the team practice. Don't think he's even the second best receiver on their team. Antonio Brown, you have the character issues and then you have the fact that he's probably going to see quite a few fewer snaps than the two main guys. It feels early to select him. I wouldn't be against Debo if he comes back around to us. And obviously we would auto select LaVisca Chenault. He does go at the five Oh nine. So a full round away from getting back. Colin Corlin Sutton, someone that I've been pretty nervous about because of the recovery from injury and the situation where the Broncos have a lot of mouths to feed and don't have good quarterback play. And then he comes in and they've discussed a little bit like some of these guys who I think are getting more publicity for their injuries, that maybe he's not quite 100%. Now we had a a reader question we can go into a little bit either later in the draft or on our next normal episode about our enthusiasm for the Bengals our enthusiasm for those receivers for Joe Burrow with them and the fact that Burrow is struggling in practice where are you now on Cortland Sutton because I know that you have been a big fan in the in the past and maybe he's a guy with the situation there the injury and the offense who might slide to us
1: Yeah, I think, you know, I remember when we were having these conversations, you know, six, eight weeks ago, it was a case where a lot of the drafts we were seeing him and Judy go back to back in those selections. Now we're starting to see a gap between those. And I think that that starts to make him a very interesting value. Earlier this offseason before um, the injury started to become a concern, I was generally drafting him uh, more than Judy. And then obviously we've had a lot of conversations on Judy in particular. And I kind of with the injury news I had, I had reversed that. But I think if we're in a situation here with the build we currently have if he does make it back to us i think we have to heavily consider that so some of the options that might come back to us again probably not going to come back to us but we have the likes of boyd samuel um and then maybe Cortland sutton well i think well i think it might be a bit too early for that will fullard here but how how do you feel about him um do you think with the discount we'd be getting here if we were getting him in round six at the end of round six do you think that would be somewhere you'd be willing to take that opportunity based on where we are so far with our roster.
2: I think we'd have to definitely consider that. Again, there would be some uniqueness element to it and someone where you know they have a little bit softer finish to their schedule. And so you're looking at potentially winning the hundred grand, and you maybe want to attack some of those games that they have in the fantasy playoffs with the Detroit defense that may not be fairly, very strong, a Bengals defense that may be uh, sort of always still fueling those shootout mode types of games. You've got the Raiders. That could be a game that is pretty high scoring. And then with the Chargers and at the Chargers, again, some potentially good weather late season games that have shootout potential. So if we could get some exposure to that, I would be on board. Tyler Boy goes at the 604. Devontae Smith, also gone. A couple of those tight ends that you mentioned in Logan Thomas and then Dallas Goddard gone. Column if we get to a situation where there are really no legitimate receiver options, do we have someone at tight end that you'd be looking at?
1: I think if we have a situation now, look, we can look at tight end as well, but I think if we keep seeing wide receivers go off the board, we're into midway, kind of through the sixth round. The only quarterback that has gone so far is Patrick Mahomes we usually see him kind of go in the third or fourth and then we usually see those uh other quarterbacks and that kind of top tier go off the board in that fifth round so at the moment we still have Prescott, Murray, Allen and Jackson and I think that might be somewhere where I would look rather than to move towards tight end uh, I'm wondering what you think there if we're looking then at the tight ends like I, I'm usually looking at guys like you know Mike Kosicki um is probably my target usually in the ninth tenth round rather than at this point so usually part of the thing i like about having that tight end at the start of the draft whether it is a Waller, or a Kittle, or a kelsey or else even if it's somebody like a tj hawkinson i tend to pair them then with somebody like mike Kisicki, who i think gives you that high upside obviously there is the week 14 by there but um i think that he is somebody i'd be targeting i don't know how you feel i know tonyan was heavily boosted last year by touchdowns. Um I don't know what you think about possible progression for him and then having Aaron Rodgers in that offense. He's somebody who potentially could be interesting, but I know there's concern with if he doesn't get those touchdowns, what what comes about in that offense? I'd probably be more looking at somebody at tight end later at maybe in that Colt Met uh Jared Cook kind of range is probably, you know, maybe Blake Jarwin and that area is probably where I'm going to be looking a little bit more how do you feel Sean about the 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 quarterback option um if, if those wide receivers are gone
2: well Cortland Sutton has gone off the board here Tyler Boyd Mike Williams also so we're really looking at Debo the quarterback that I wanted was Kyler Murray and he has selected two spots ahead of us I like Josh Allen obviously like Lamar Jackson I would like him better if he were vaccinated and wasn't in danger of missing <laughs> big chunks of the season, I mean, it, it, you know, it's a it's a community issue, but more, but it's also a big fantasy issue in terms of how this could play out. Um, there there is an element here where, again, Josh Allen at this point would be hard to turn down. It, it's even possible that we could end up going Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, which. You know, then you have this pretty kind of. Hopefully, agenda. they
1: both don't mess it in the same week.
2: Well, yeah. <laughs> there would be that. There would be that. But you'd expect to be expecting to score huge numbers of points at quarterback if you managed to have that work. And so, the only wide receiver who has made it back to us is Debo Samuel. How do we like Debo compared to taking one of the quarterbacks? knowing that he might be the last guy sort of in this tier at the same time, you know, if they move to Trey Lance, it could get tricky in a hurry in terms of having just anything like the volume that you need to even justify this level of pick.
1: Yeah. I think what we should do here is go Josh Allen. And then I think we have the option then that uh, Samuel might still make it back to us. I think that the other player that's in that range that, I would probably pair along pretty close to Samuel, um, uh, Samuel is DJ shark. Um, so there, there is a couple of guys there that I might still go for. Um, and that, in that range of wide receiver. So I really think when we go back to what we talked about at the start, like I cannot see any team, Sean, that's probably, if we do have that opportunity to have Alan and Jackson, I can't see any teams really with that build. Um, there probably is going to be a couple, but it's going to be very, very limited. Um, I think it makes it very, very intriguing to have that, but it also puts us in a, a little bit of a hole at the the wide receiver position as we as we can see so far.
2: Yeah, I'm always very tempted to, at this point in the draft, do some things that are going to be incredibly unique, especially if it's with star players, right? You're not looking to do it with just random guys, but if you're talking about Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, then it's a lot different. If we pass on Shark, and or samuel here they're not going to come back around we're going to have a really weird group of players so our decision there is is made for us lamar jackson is selected at the turn that frees us up a little bit because the next quarterback now is dak prescott who's having the arm issues in camp we definitely hope that that gets cleared up we love cd lamb we're excited to see what dallas can do when they're all together Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, all of those guys, interesting picks later. We're now two picks away, which means either Chark or Samuel will get back to us.
1: Yeah, and I'm going to make a little pitch here, Sean, just to see what you think. And, you know, we took Julio. We may as well look at some more veteran wide receiving options. Um, I think if we look at Chark, he's somebody who can really push into that top tier. I think Samuel could potentially, like we love you, Samuel could potentially uh, do more than Ayuk in this particular season. Kenny Galladay has changed teams. There's concerns with that. There's concerns with the quarterback. There's concerns with a lot of things with Kenny Galladay. Is there any decision to be made with him, Chark, and Samuel, who are our other two selections here?
2: Yeah, Galladay is interesting, especially at this level. I mean, he's very undervalued within this draft. At the same time, the injuries with him, the fact that there is still, I think, some intrigue with Darius Slayton, reading about him a little bit in the last several days in pressing in camp, again, has that vertical dynamism. They're going to have a lot of mouths. Sterling Shepard's still there. They're going to do some dump off passes to Kadarius Toney. If Saquon Barkley is back and involved, really at any point you know, within the first couple of months, he's going to take a huge number of receptions, or at least he should if the Giants are trying to maximize uh, the talent in their offense. So I think that Shark's upside is still maybe more appealing to me.
1: Okay, I was uh, I was very tempted to go with Samuel there, but I'll I'll let you have the pitch on on Shark, and I think maybe this is a little bit of a play. If I'm uh, not right on uh, LaVisca not maybe my <laughs> my conscience is playing with me there, so we get a little bit of balance. Um, one of those guys. It's going to have a big season hopefully both of them have big seasons but um the one thing sean i don't know if you find it in your drafts i know we talk in this format about the week 14 uh buy and things like that but uh, that week seven buy for so many of the teams that we're targeting uh, makes it intriguing but what i'm going to do is i'm going to start the next episode for the draft series with that question for you, Sean. We're going to wrap that one up here today. As always, if you want to get a listeners only discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass, you can do so by adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. You can follow myself on Twitter at OvertimeIreland. You can check out Sean's great work up on rotoviz.com. We'll be back with another part of this draft in the coming days. We'll have our normal Rotoviz overtime content coming your way as well. And until we're back with that, have a good one.